you're listening to a talk from City Church Leeds. For more information, other resources and media, please visit citychurchleeds.net. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me just open it up now. Did God share anything with you? John, is that a nod of yes? Somebody else. Let's open this up now. What did God speak to you? What did he say to you? Uh, who's got the mic? John, can you be the run around? Um, well, the, the Lord just put into my mind, uh, reminded me of, um, it, it says in the Hebrews that we don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with us because um, Jesus was tempted just the way we are. So we do have a high priest who knows the um, struggles we have every day uh, in temptation. And, and, you know, that, that is him sharing our suffering. Absolutely. Awesome. Just uh, what came to me was the blood of Jesus, the blood, the cleansing blood, the blood, the healing blood, the blood that brings life, the blood that changes, transforms. The, and we have a better... The old ordinances that was a foreshadow, they've, they've done their jobs, but now we have Jesus and we have received him. So we also have a new covenant with him, a better promise, excellency, so much things in the blood, just the blood, the blood of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, God. Anybody else? Just peace. The sense that mm. the Lord is completely and Thank utterly you. at peace. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, he's... His ear really is attentive to what we bring. So the worship of our hearts, our listening to him, it's as though there was a sense of him delighting in just being to get us being together with him. And he's really keen to hear what we have to bring to him. Fantastic. Thank you, God. Well, I was going to say exactly what Kate was going to say. So... Um, yeah, while we were sort of being asked to just um, be quiet for a minute, um, God put into my heart, yeah, just to be peaceful about situations. And um, his peace is everlasting peace. Yeah. Uh, it's not for here for five minutes and gone tomorrow, but it's there forever. Absolutely. It's there to be claimed. Um, even when you can't see light at the end of the tunnel, you can't see the end to the situations and stuff. Even when you've, you've done wrong and stuff, you know, and you're feeling a bit guilty, God says, you know, it's my peace, my peace that passeth all understanding. Brilliant. Thank you, Lord God. Anybody on the table with Ben have anything that God put on your heart to share? And in fact, I'm even thinking of you specifically, Ben. I did. Well done, Mark. Um, so this morning I, had a, I heard a very good message this morning and it, it resonates still with me that um, we are a blessed people. Mm. Yeah, we are. We are a blessed people. We are. And, um, and we're a blessed people because of the, the new covenant that we are in relationship with. We're no longer in the old covenant with the law where we have to set ourselves on a path to do right things, to jump through right hoops, to feel like we've achieved certain things in our relationship with God. Jesus came and dealt with that, opened up a new way so that we can stand as a blessed people. And in the midst of that, as we stand as a blessed people, we then 
create a blessing, an atmosphere of blessing around us. Absolutely. So that others, whether they're in relationship with, with God or not, they receive a blessing. Brilliant. And hopefully then back to the Father. Fantastic. And John, you had something to bring. Thank you, yeah. Ben. It was very simple. As soon as I shut my eyes, it was just this sense of life yeah, exploding. On. And uh, um, how the life of God is always bigger than we think. That, that that life is completely uncontainable. Yeah. It's just breaking out on every side. Yeah. And uh, it just struck me, I don't know how long we were uh, just quiet, a couple of minutes, but the, the power of just allowing yourself to sit and listen. Yeah. Brilliant. Fantastic. You keep hold of that. You keep hold of that. Um, <clears throat> I think it's really important to do that, what we've just done, because we haven't given it much time over the last however many months, maybe even a year or so, that we have a real relationship with our Savior, that we can hear his voice, that we can, we can sample his joy, very joyous, and that we can just rest in his peace. And we have to remember that daily. I don't know about you, but I find Facebook a very voyeuristic thing to kind of glean how people are feeling and how they're at. And some people share a little more than others, probably more than they realize what they're sharing. So maybe just a, a word of caution before you click send. What is it going to say to others? And I hope I don't embarrass her by saying this, but Christine, bless her, she makes me smile so much on Facebook. Some of the comments she puts are either funny or they're just a real testimony of her declaring God's peace in her life. But you're also really honest. And sometimes it's just like the, the book of Psalms. You're really honest. You go, oh God, why is this happening? I can't see a way out. I don't know where the tunnel's going to end. And then within 10 minutes, but you are God. And it's, it's wonderful to see. And we can have that. We have that. You know, we, we, we're, we're absolutely allowed to lament. We're allowed to raise our fists and go, oh, this is just, oh, I don't understand it because it's human. But God wants to interact with us on that level. And then after a little while, a little voice will be going, for I'm God, I'm your daddy, I'm in control, just trust me, living my peace. Be blessed. The human side of us might then go, well, I don't see it. But then the spirit man aligns itself up with God's spirit and goes, but I'm going to wait for it. And I'm going to rest in that. And so I love that, Christine. Well done. Is this anything to do with that message that I've got to bring this morning? Thank you. Slap me again. Today. <laughs> Can we just swap around the names of what we refer to? You know, um, get um, today, today is about sharing vision. It's, well, no, it's about sharing dreams, actually. It's not about sharing vision. Forget I even said that word. Strike it out of your memory right now. It's about sharing dreams. And it's about wondering things of the future. And, and where are we now? And how are we going to get there? Because last week, John laid down some quite scriptural foundations. 
of what it is when something transitions from one to another. And what I spent quite a bit of time just kind of listening to John again and, and trying to really pull out some of the things that he was saying. But often the thing that you're left with is the main thing. So he, he, he went on for 40 minutes, but actually the thing that I'm left, yeah, the thing that I'm left with, I do the editing, I know how long it is. Um, it was a good 40 minutes. But there's one thing that I pulled out of it, and, and, and it was this. It was that thing I said right at the beginning. is the realization that we can live in the manifest presence of God. And that we don't need to wind things up. We don't need to get ourselves feeling nice. And we don't need to have this funny, tingly feeling going off in our, in our tummy or our fingers. But we have complete access to the Father. And we can interact with him whenever. That was the one major thing I pulled out. And so the, what I've tried to do over this last 20 minutes or so is just for us to begin to live once again in that environment where we acknowledge his manifest presence. Now, some of you may already be living that and you may be completely aware of that. I hold my hand up and say, like I said at the beginning, I've not been in that place. In fact, I was having a coffee with John the other day and we were talking about the presence of God and why can we, why can we not see the presence of God at City Church Leeds? What is it about the, the Sunday gatherings when we come together? What is it? Why do they feel a bit, I'll be honest, a bit dry at times? And I just came with the dawn realization that as a, as a leader, as somebody that God has, has placed to lead his people, I've not been shown a good example of that. I've not been spending enough time with him. I've been too much of a manager. I've been managing too much of this building, too much of the issues around it, managing people, managing things, micromanaging in some points. And it's pulled me away from just soaking in his presence and being a child of God. And John said he would hold me account to that. So he's going to watch me. And just make sure I'm not becoming that manager. So I'm not opening myself up to you. And I'm being transparent with you. But I'm desperate, desperate to see more of him. Desperate to hear his voice. Desperate to see the miracles that we can see. I want to see Christine rise off her sickbed. Completely whole and completely well. Jesus said we will see many more things. Greater things than, than what we saw uh, what we read of in the, in the Bible. And, and I want to see that. I want to see a whole ward get out of their sick beds and rise. I don't want to settle for one person. Let's, let's talk about the hospital. What about the hospital? Can we pray and can we believe that the whole hospital can be, can be lifted out of their sick beds and walking? Can we believe that limbs grow back? Can we believe that eyesight can, be, can, can come back? Yes, I do. I do believe that. And I'm going to just pray again and again and just live in the presence of who he is so I can see that and I can begin to hear testimonies of that. And I hope that you, you can be on that journey with me. Because, you know, there's wonderful things. I looked at, at Joel then and was reminded about Bethel. Joel's going to Bethel um, in uh, September? Four months. He's going to Bethel in four months.
He's going to have a great time, and I'll let him share on that um, another day. But Bethel, particularly in the evangelical charismatic kind of circles, is, is known for seeing signs and wonders. You know, gold dust floating out of the air, people getting up out of wheelchairs, limbs growing back. Amazing stuff, but we don't have to go to Bethel to see that. Because the Holy Spirit is with us wherever we are. And we can experience the manifest presence of God wherever we are. Now, he's doing some amazing things with Bethel. So go to Bethel, enjoy it, soak it up. I'm not saying that, you know, we shouldn't go somewhere if we, if we can see things happening or hear about things happening. Because if you go, you get soaked in with it. You, you just get all these stories and you can bring the stories back. And you can, you can just excite people and encourage people, lift people out from where they're at and go, look what God did. Isn't he amazing? And people go, yeah, he is. So we can experience that. I'm going completely off the track here. So that's John's notes that I'm not going to bother reading. Um, but John talked about the presence. And he talked about us being seers, actually. I could, maybe I should, should mention this. He talked about us having uh, an inheritance uh, from the prophets. Um, he said that we are temples of the Holy Spirit, a place where his presence dwells. We're biblically described as living stones, a corporate expression that carries his presence into the world. And can we imagine a people who change an environment because God walks in? Are we hungry for the day? This is why I just said what I just said. Are we hungry for the day of hearing accounts of God working and changing lives, both physically financially and mentally. Are we hungry for that day? I'm going to ask you it again, and I, and I want us to look deep into it. I know when the preacher goes, come on, can we say this and you do this? But are we hungry for that day? Yes. Yes is the answer that needs to come out of your mouth. I'm going to say it one more time. Are we hungry for that day? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Thank you. Um, we're only going to get there when we go, do you know what? I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk the walk. I'm not just going to... Uh, Rizon said to me this morning, it's not about a mental thing. He says we can learn all that we can learn. But ultimately, unless we have a revelation of who God really is and the power he's really got, then all that mental knowledge means squat. It means diddly-do. It's from that revelation, from that place of living in his manifest presence, we can then learn this stuff and apply it, but it's the revelation that comes first. It's the living in his presence that comes first. That means, particularly maybe for some of you guys who don't feel overly theologized or whatever, and you think you have to come out with big, you don't have to do any of that. You just have to live in his presence. Have a revelation of who he is. Talk to your daddy. <clears throat> so, <laughs> um, we're selling this building. Let's come right back to kind of some practicals. Um, and where are we at with this building? So, some of you will have got some information via email. Some of you will have got some information via newsletters. Um, we're not really anywhere further on than where we were when we told you last time. Um, the buyers who are wanting to buy this place are still wanting to buy this place, um, but they're not necessarily moving so quickly uh, as they said they would have liked. So we're, so we're living 
in a bit of a limbo place right now between the selling of this place and moving on into the next phase, into the next stage. And so um, I can't give you any more info other than we're still waiting for them, basically. Um, but that kind of puts us in this weird limbo place, doesn't it? This, this John talked a lot about transition and and what it means is that transition is really long at the moment. We're in this really difficult place. And so it's important that we're in this, in this difficult place, in this weakest point of our journey. That, you know, people say that when you're in transition, that's, that's when things can happen. John. Yeah, go for it. I gave John a microphone so he could interject. This is the wand of power. Um... Do you know, I, in, in just listening to you speak about um, uh, the group who want to buy this place, they are in as much of a pressure as we Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Um, and I would love us just to pray for them. Great. Um, Let's do it, man. And just to pronounce the, exactly the favor of God on them as a company mm. and that God would realize his purposes through them. So, right. Father, we lift them to you as a people. And we want to thank you thank for them. You. We thank you, Lord, for their different heritage. We thank you, Lord, for their different walk. Thank you, we thank you, Lord, for their different calling. But, Father, we recognize them in the body of Jesus. And so today, Lord, we call on you in yes, Jesus' Father. name uh, yes. for favor to be upon them. Thank you, Father. And, Lord, we ask this not for any interest of our own. Thank but, Lord, you. we just say, would you have your hand upon them? Would you prosper them? Would you bless them and cause them to be a blessing? in this city and beyond. Father, we just release that to them today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Brilliant. Thank you, John. So important to remember that, absolutely. Um, we, did have, we have had some more interest. Um, somebody wanted to come and view the building on Friday. They couldn't, so we'll, they'll be viewing it this week at some point. So we do have another interested party wanting to have a look around. So I talked about this transition, this limbo bit being the weakest kind of moment, and that's when why I've really pushed this thing about the manifest presence of God this morning is because what we're aiming for is the things of what he wants and not what we necessarily feel comfortable in. Um, it's very, it would have been very easy for us to have stayed in this building ad infinitum. Just, just keep on going and keep on going. But as we've described many times, we really felt quite strongly that God wanted to shift us on to the next phase. Uh, and with that in mind, I'd like just to share with you some prophetic words from years gone by. Because um, it's important to remember that when you're given a prophetic word, it doesn't necessarily pass in the chronological order of which it was given. So something that was given 30 years ago might still have come to pass. Something that was given last week might have already happened. So let me share some of these things. And the first thing I want to read to you, uh, in fact, that it's important to remember our heritage. And so, Kate, can you very briefly just share that heritage with us? Uh, when, obviously, I wasn't actually in the room last week when John was talking, um, but the clear reference to the fact that we are uh, the heirs of the prophets is, is true in Acts 3. It's also true, the truth goes on, to uh, the rooting of us as a community <clears throat> in this city which came out of prophetic insight, prophetic vision. And so the vets in here, <laughs> the, the older ones among us, um, remember people like um, Bryn and Kerry Jones, Arthur Wallace, um, who else was the honey? 
Hugh Thompson, that's right. Uh, yeah, Alan Scotland, Tony Ling, all those guys who fought a fort that we have not had to fight. They saw something in God about all <clears throat> uh, manner of things, about how the Holy Spirit was moving, and they could do no other than live that and speak it, and uh, came up against a lot of flack. They uh, met together originally in Bradford, and, and out of Bradford came a um, house group, where's... Oh, Leslie, yeah. At Molly's house, yes, that's right. Just wondered if Les was there, he's hiding. Yes, at Ken and Molly's house. And from that point, we developed. So um, the movement of the Holy Ghost in establishing who we are is absolutely key. Absolutely. So not only because the word says so, but because men that we remember, some of us, fought for it. We are a prophetic people. Yes. We are sons of their vision. Yes. We have inherited, we live in the good of Absolutely. what they saw. Yeah. The end. The end. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. And so it's, it's so important for us to remember that and that's, that's our inheritance, that's our DNA, that's what we've been birthed out of. Uh, in the 80s, it was either Bryn Jones or Ian Russell said this, Leeds Church, City Church Leeds, is to be a satellite church with small plant outs in surrounding areas not like Bradford Abundant Life Centre, a big church where people come from far away. It's prophesied, and, and, and some of the subsequent prophecies over the years have said the same thing, that we're never meant to be just one church, small c, in one place. We're meant to be many across the city in many different places. Um, it's important to remember that. And also, and this is very strong as well, Kerry Jones said this, um, the church has a mantle of prayer over it. We are to be a house of prayer. Are we praying enough individually and corporately? And that was said uh, in the 80s. And then I've got something here um, from 2005. So it's skipping a few decades. But, um, and this was from a lady called Sharon Stone. Uh, some of you may or may not remember Sharon Stone, small lady, speaks very quick. Um, when God has given her something to say, she's American, when God, he's, bless her, when God uh, was saying, saying something, she would, she, would, she would just go very quick. And you know that, that it's God directly interfacing with her because her mind is no way can, can that catch up with the words that are coming out of her mouth. At least that's the way I viewed it as well. Um, but I'll not say this as quick. She said these things, and I want you to soak this up, if you would, please. Because it was said in 2005, but I believe it's completely for now. There, was a wild, there is a wildfire of anointing upon us, but it has died out because of trying to be seeker-friendly in our gatherings. We had to be extremist. At times, it will, we will look like we're uncontrollable, but it won't be because of relational connections. It would look like our plans and our strategies have been hijacked, but this will be a platform for what the Spirit is going to do next. Being independent is not the same as being spontaneous with God for a higher calling. We are at a crossroads. We are at a crossroads right now, today, in 2013, this afternoon. And then she goes on to say there needs to be a trifold responsibility within the congregation, within the congregation, 
not the pastor or the leader or the senior elder or whatever other label you want to put on a church leader, but within the congregation of the areas of family, community, and the city. We are to be a people made up of a trifold generation. That's three generations. That's the very young, the middling, and the middling a bit more. <laughs> Muddling. The wildfire. She goes on to talk about the wildfire a bit more. The wildfire that will come will be destructive. But to destroy it and then to rebuild it. It will destroy the things that limit our vision and our action. And we must receive our miracle when it comes. There is an excitement in the wildfire. Enthusiasm, eagerness, strong emotion and zeal. We're not called to be well balanced. God has called us to be extreme. I quoted on Facebook the other day, I wrote, um, med mediocrity uh, is not created, it's accepted. And are we happy about being mediocre? Are, are, you, are you happy? I'm asking another question. Are you, no, 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 no. Wildfire is violent, it's brutal, it's got forceful strength, and we must know what it means to conquer kingdoms. Let that which shrinks die and let the next generation of growth begins. That's where we're at right now. Things are dying. Things are shrinking. And I'll let you imagine what those things might be. But we're getting ready for the next phase of growth. Where the bush has died back. But it's died back for a purpose so that the seedlings can then rise and the next generation can come up. And that doesn't put anybody over a certain age out of the picture. We're not talking physical age, in, you know, the reality of the earthly reality. We're talking of something much greater than that. It says here, wildfire is difficult to extinguish. People have spoken about the thrust, and she went on to say, people have spoken about the thrust of this church being students. But she goes and says that students are a mission project. They're an evangelistic thrust, and we do have a responsibility for them while they're here. But if you remember her word earlier was that we had to be a tri-generational church. Grandmothers, parents, children, to function properly. It says, location, God will bring people from all over, not just students who are on a doorstep. Wherever God plants you, he's able to fulfill the vision around you. This vision isn't a singular focus. It's family, community, city. Now the Spirit of God says, and this is the final thing she said. I mean, she said lots more, but I've tried to make them big succinct. Now the Spirit of God says this. I have my ways of bringing forth unity across from churches to churches to churches. And it's not just a gathering of pastors, says the Lord. The Lord says that I'm going to get a people together that love my presence. And the Lord says that you're going to see that seasonal objective that I put within the midst of you. And it's not a forever thing. I quite know what she says there. It needs a bit more prayer. For the Lord says, I'm able, I'm calling for that tenacity from you. And he says that you'll recognize that there's a momentum gathering. And the Lord says that as the momentum is gathering, there is even an open, an opening in heaven that is able to be created. And the Spirit of the Lord says, I called you to be one. He says that just as Jacob wrestled till he saw the angels have an ability to freely come and go down the ladder.
We need to be prepared, folks, to move. We need to be prepared, folks, to be that wildfire and not settle for mediocrity. I'm going to just skip ahead a little bit. I've got tons of prophetic word here. I mean, there's a lot from um, 2011 when we, we met uh, up there and, and a number of prophetic guys came across, came from across kind of the nation and met with us. And there's a load there and I could, I could happily, happily read through all of them. But God's prompted me to this one and it always prompted me at the time and it's prompted me again. And it's from Esther. And Esther talked about wanting to zoom in on the book of Esther. And this is what she said. I believe that it's for the leadership, this word is for the leadership particularly, but it's for the good of the whole congregation to hear. It's the part where Esther goes to the king and she hasn't been summoned. If I perish, I perish. She takes a risk to get results. And I feel, really feel for the leadership. At some point in this process, there's going to be a time where you're going to have to take a risk. And I get the feeling that it's going to be an administrative type of risk that goes against all logic and all sensibility. But it's going to be the right thing. There will be a lot of people outside the church that will advise you about taking this particular risk, but also inside the church, small seed, this family here. And this is something to be more aware of. But take the risk and take heart from the story of Esther that she took the massive risk and risked her life. As leadership, we've, we've tried really hard to, to hear from God. And I know that I said personally I've struggled on, with, on, on and within myself over the last year. But I have, on the other hand, and I love the paradox of this, I've taken great comfort from the prayer gatherings every Monday evening. Uh, and, and it's been amazing to, to hear. This was, you know, this was from one of the Monday evenings. It's been amazing to hear what God is saying and what, what he wants us to do and, and where he wants us to go. And, and as leadership, we took note of that. And so we initiated the selling of the building because of that, in, in, in a word, in a way, but also because we, f we felt it was the right thing to do, that God had put on our heart that that was the right thing to do. Now, admittedly, at the time, we didn't explain it as well as we could have done. We didn't share it as well as we could have done, and we ask for your forgiveness for that because it came, it's been described as a bit of a bomb, and it was a bit of a bomb, and, and we bombed sharing that. So forgive us for that but we still feel it's the right thing to do and we've subsequently pushed ahead with that and we've shared with you hopefully as much as we can every step of the way some of you are all for it some of you really aren't for it and some of you yeah I'll do whatever you know and that's been that's it but we're taking a risk and we're moving ahead and I've got to so I'm going to just pause there and just say are there any questions, any real practical questions about this next step, about this transition, about this crossing over that you've got in your heart and you can, you can share them right now and we'll try and answer them. Where are we going to? It's <laughs> <laughs> a great question and I was kind of thinking that would probably be the first one. Um, as some of you are aware, we, we, we formed a relationship with a gentleman called Kemi Alori. And 
If you also remember, this is a connection with that, uh, a prophetic word that we had about moving into selling the keys of the uh, selling the building, handing the keys over to somebody else in the city, and moving into a warehouse-like structure. Now, Kemi, who is in charge of the uh, in charge, I think they probably pronounce it that way, leads whatever Living Hope Church. They meet in a warehouse-like building, and for a long time, we thought, well, is this what God is saying to us through His His Word? Do you remember the word that Adam sent to us via email? We shared it with you. Um, and we, we explored that avenue. And we developed, when we'd already been developing an amazing relationship with Kemi anyway, um, and we will continue to do so. Um, but we started to explore the possibility of using their, their building, their facility. But ultimately, we've decided we're not going to walk that path anymore. There just seems to be a few, a few more difficulties and, and issues that we don't necessarily feel we, we need to deal with uh, in terms of that move. And You know, I always said, even though I said that feels right, or, or that seems right, should I say, I always caveated it with, I don't want to take this word that God gave us and, and put my explanation onto it. There's a warehouse-like structure, therefore it must be that. I was encouraged by that, and we explored that, but ultimately that wasn't that wasn't what he's got in order, in, in you know, in, in a, a plan for us. And I feel it's, I have to say that, and I have to share that with you, because a lot of you will have been expecting that's where we'll have been potentially going next. But we're not going to do that. Um, and in fact, talking about that warehouse-like structure, I want to remind you as well of another prophetic word that was given by Pete Topless, who, who came amongst us. And he said, actually, what I feel is that it's not a warehouse, but it's a house of wares that you're going to be somehow occupying, that, that really you are a house of wares. And I was reminded as well of a dream that I had, and I think I shared this dream with you, that the Holy Spirit took me into this kind of shed, um, and it took me into this kind of dark and dusty room, and started to, she started, it was a she, started to open cupboards and pass me these objects, and these objects were, were tools and they were instruments. They were tools that you use, like hammers and screwdrivers and all that. But they were also instruments as well. But every single one of them was covered with cling film. Very tightly wound, the cling film. And it had kept these things in pristine condition. So they'd been stored for a long time, but they were in pristine condition. And so the tools and the, the musical instruments are our gifts, our talents. And the Holy Spirit gave them back to me and said, it's time for you to start using your gifts and your talents once again. It wasn't for me. It was a corporate word. And those gifts and talents can be part of those wares that you're able to help others with. Um, there's more on that as well that we could. So we're not going there. We're not going to living word. Um, we have subsequently had conversations with St. Chad's about using their space. Uh, and there's a possibility that we could use that. Uh, and we've also talked to, uh, once again, St. Matthias. And uh, there's a possibility that we could use their space. In fact, I'm going to meet Keith for a coffee uh, next Tuesday to talk some more about that. Whatever it is, it will be temporary for a time. So it may well be, folks, sorry, we might have to get used to doing get-ins and get-outs. And I know some of you kind of veterans uh, remember the get-ins and the get-outs. 
in, your, in, in the town hall, in, in Joseph Priestley College, and all those other places. But for a period, we'll have to do that. But you know what? That's not such a bad thing. Because the growth of City Church Leeds really started to stall when we settled. And there's a lot of nods of heads of the veterans, so I'm, I'm glad you're in some kind of agreement with me. And you've got to ask yourself, is there, is there a reason why that happened? Did we stop serving? Did we stop... Did church stop becoming a sacrifice and started becoming a cosy club that we were a part of? I don't know. I'm putting that out there for you to consider and to think about. Um, so there's a strong possibility we're going to go to those two, either one of those two places. My, my, my feeling for the moment would be that St. Matthias would be a good place to connect with. Um, they're, they're, on, they're, they're an amazing couple, Keith uh, and uh, Sue. Yeah, thank you. And um, it would be great to develop a relationship deeper and further with those guys as well. So any, other, any more questions? Any other questions about the move? We can try and answer. Yeah? Am I on? Yes, yeah. I'm on. <laughs> um, this, uh, this whole thing about where are we going is a great question because uh, where we're going is deeper into God. Absolutely. And uh, when, I was a, a, a <laughs> when I was a very young Christian, I felt a really young Christian. There was always on the inside of me a sense of, oh, there's, there's, there's more, there's and I, I hadn't come across this psalm because I didn't really know the Bible. But I want to read just a section of Psalm 84, and it's the one that begins, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. I long, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. But the bit that I thought, oh, that's what God's done in me, was this. Happy are those who are strong in the Lord, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. And I thought, that's sneaky, God. You've made me a pilgrim. That means I can't really ever settle. And it goes on. When they walk through the Valley of Weeping, the Valley of Bekar, get this. It will become a place of refreshing springs. On our pilgrimage, we will have that effect because we are going deeper and deeper into all God has for us. We cannot but help refresh wherever we are. And yeah. it says, in one version it says, the autumn rains also cover it with pools. It says in this one I've got here, where pools of blessing collect after the rains. Pools of blessing collect. Just imagine what God will do with us as we just walk. They, that's us, the pilgrims, will continue to, go strong, to grow stronger. And each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. It says in this one, it says in the other one that I, I learnt by heart, until they, uh, they stand before the Lord in Zion. But I was so, I thought, God, you are so good. You've made me to be a pilgrim. I am ruined for anything 
less than that. It's just a walk with you. And I really think for us, you know, please, please, if you feel fed up or down, or you just talk, talk. Let's, let's talk God stuff to one another. Let's encourage one another. Let's, let's just say, hey, yeah, it's tough, but I'm going to hold your hand and we're going to do this together. Absolutely. So, there we go. Great. Well, in a few moments, we're going to do that. Um, but I just want to point this out to you. Um, in 2011, I think it was the beginning of 2011, we wrote down and we shared it with the, the leadership forum, which are, consists of those people who lead the various groups and life groups that we have. And this was it. This was our, this is our long-term, long-term vision. And if you disagree with it, talk to me afterwards. Our desire is to see unity within the body of Christ in the city of Leeds, to help reach the lost and be part of the solution to problems of injustice and equality. That's, that's our goal. That's what we want to see in the city of Leeds. Our goal isn't to necessarily find new buildings to inhabit. It isn't necessarily um, to create new structures and new groups and things like that, although some of those things are helpful towards being able to achieve that aim. But that's what's really important. That's what we need to be spending time praying about and saying to God, help us, help us become those people that can, can achieve that. We can only achieve it with his help because we live in an increasingly secular world that will push against us and it will cause friction. So we need, we need God as part of this. We can't just do it ourselves. So wherever we end up, whatever shape that is, that's going to be the, the thing that we're aiming for. Um, what I'd like to sp just spend f five minutes, we may run over a little bit, but please just spend five minutes asking one another this question. And some of you may, may come as a surprise to think that, oh, well, why am I thinking about this question? To others, you may have an answer off the, straight out of your mouth. It's already on your lips, ready to be said. But what, the question is this, what is the dream that you have for City Church Leeds? What dreams do you have for City Church Leeds? You may think you don't have any, but in that case, listen to the people around the table and ask God, what is the dream I've got for City Church Leeds? We're a family together, let's dream together.